0: No matter where you are, there's probably a Speedway right around the corner. So whether you want a freshly brewed hot or iced coffee, fountain drink, or speedy freeze, Speedway's got the fuel to keep you going all summer. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash MoneyScout.
1: Watching shows like Pen15 make me laugh and cringe in secondhand embarrassment, as I think back to what I was like in seventh grade. 12 years old, thin eyebrows, braces, pin straight flat iron hair, and no clue what rolled tongue and not rolled teeth needed to play in an eagerly anticipated first real kiss. For Jen, she was rocking a bowl cut akin to Maya's, and John was gliding around school on his skateboard and Jankos. So it's hard for us to imagine at 12, Twelve, wearing black lipstick, dating a 23-year-old who claimed to be a 300-year-old werewolf, and plotting a gruesome massacre of your family so that you can run away to a castle in Germany together.
2: I hope this doesn't turn my teeth black. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It is cranberry juice, orange juice, vodka, I have a feeling yours will, cause he, and black food coloring. It's
3: really good, does it? A little bit. Well, I like it.
2: <laughs> He's not going to like it tomorrow morning when he has his teeth whitening and stuff. He's going to be like, get this motherfucking yeah. shit out of me. I do not white my teeth. They're naturally
3: beautiful and pearly. <laughs>
2: right now, they're black. Fuck you, man. Are they really?
3: You fucking asshole.
2: <laughs> okay, you're the one that said to put no, the black I'm gonna food I'm going to be freaking uh,
3: subconscious about this stuff. So, welcome to Talk Mother (laughs) to (laughs) Me.
2: All right, what's in the drink? Cranberry juice, orange juice, and vodka. And black food coloring. And black food coloring. What was the hint? Wolf? Wolf.
3: Okay, wolf. No, the hint was hungry like a wolf.
2: Hungry like the wolf.
1: Oh. Duran (laughs) Duran. No. What? (laughs) Hungry like the wolf. Na na na, na 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 na, na na 'cause I'm hungry like the wolf. Uh, so yeah. we've got a few new supremos to <laughs> shout out. Thank you to Brooke, Cheryl, Kenzie, and Megan. Thanks, guys. Thank Woo! And a couple more supremos. Uh, so we have. Uh, a surprise shot dedication. Oh, oh. To a Miss Brooke this evening.
3: Brooke from One Tree Hill?
1: No. Yeah, that's John's uh, celebrity crush. One Aside from Flo, Flo the Flo. progressive lady. Brooke is
2: from Jacksonville. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Ow! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> um,
1: there was something else I felt like I had to say for our Supremos. Um, other than, I guess, just join because we put some, there's some really funny stuff that's uh, on our Patreon page. Thank you all for joining. Yes. Mm-hmm. Danka. Cheers to you, Brooke cheers well we have some exciting news fans i don't want to jinx it but we do have a puppy adoption pending so if you have suggestions for names uh particularly our, our patreon supporters uh she is a one-eyed wonder
3: i'll put her on talk um and
1: so she is a uh she's a rescue she uh has only one eye or one underdeveloped eye. Uh, she's like a, a creamy color. Um, so if you have any name suggestions, Milky Way. That's kind of cute, but I don't know if I could do two words. But I, I see what you're where you're going with this. Um, so if you have suggestions, please you let us know.
3: You like hers, but you didn't like Snake Pliskin.
1: Why would I like snake plus skin? I'd like you to think about that. They said tomorrow evening for our interview.
3: All right. Also, if you guys know of or can make a doggy eye patch to send to us, maybe
1: we should go with a pirate theme. Yeah.
3: What if we bring an eye patch to the adoption and we're like, let's just try there you it on?
1: Go. We're gonna have to not bring our dogs when we have to make that drive to Abilama. Yeah. Or are well, they' gonna it's, meet in Geor- it's in Georgia but it's like a seven
2: hour drive Oof, rough yeah I can watch them <laughs> all right what so. John <laughs> all right
3: the hint is um hungry like the wolf
2: can I give some backstory to my hint Gen- <laughs> I mean like how much backstory <laughs> well because you said uh, can I talk about the movies you talked about yeah, okay. sure, go ahead. So, John said that we could watch... He gave us permission to watch <laughs> movies.
3: But <laughs> he can't watch true crime.
2: Um, so, he, this thing... I mean, the the first one wasn't really true crime. Uh, it was Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. And then... Which I had never seen. Yeah. And then also Natural Born Killers, which was a crime movie. Um, also one I had never seen. Shocker. Um, but, so... <sighs> I think that it's going to uh, be someone that was influenced by um, movies in the 90s and someone who maybe like is kind of more interested in like the obscure type movies um, with like Edward Scissorhands and then the Natural Born Killers movie was kind of it was definitely interesting. It was it was a little... It was interesting. Um,
3: yeah, so that movie is based on Charlie Starkweather. <laughs> We've done the story before, but we did it for Patreon. I don't even think it's still up.
1: No, it, it's on our new... Oh, it's it on is? on our Patreon, yep.
3: <clears throat> yeah, so for you Patreon guys, you can find that. But um, Charlie Starkweather was a James Dean wannabe, very influenced mm-hmm. by James Dean. And he kidnapped our... She went willingly depending on who you ask, a, uh, his girlfriend, which was 14 at the time, and they killed her parents. I believe I'm getting this right. This is two years ago when I did this. And then they went on a, a murder spree. So I haven't seen Natural Born Killers, but I, I believe it's kind of like that. Maybe. It's,
2: it's similar. So um, it's an Oliver Stone picture, but the story was written by Quentin Tarantino. It, oh! Yes. So it's a very, like, it, I just... It, the visuals are really interesting because the premise of the movie is similar to that story, but the way that they they do it is through like different lenses of media and movies and, and news. Hmm. So like it's about it's supposed to be and I looked it up, it's supposed to be about how like people are obsessed with like crime in the news and media and stuff like that so some of the scenes are like like the uh, part of the opening scenes are kind of like a sitcom and then there's like some parts of the movie that are black and white and some that oh, are interesting cartoon and um some like Im- imagery all throughout it's it's it was very very interesting mm-hmm. it also had so it has woody harrelson juliette lewis and then robert downey do Robert Downey Jr. and Tommy Lee Jones are in it as far as notable names. Oh, Rodney Dangerfield as well. What? Oh my god. Yeah. So it was it was <laughs> so we got through Edward Scissorhands,
1: so we didn't uh, we uh what a stupid it was a little movie, too late man. by the time we finished to start Natural Born Killer last night, but all right. So, what's your hint then? So I would.
3: Yeah. So what's that your was what's a your guess? long backstory? Okay,
2: <laughs> she gave a summary. <laughs> no, I said my hint is that it's going to be someone that is influenced by oh, the, movies. Okay. the movies, and um, maybe like someone that's influenced, kind of like a Tim Burton kind of weird, creepy thing. Um, or it could be a couple killer. Um, but I think it's going to be taking place in California in the nineties. I'm curious where the wolf thing comes in then. So I'm going to say
1: this is like a wolf in sheep's clothing type of story. And someone is, I don't know how to describe how I, how I'm thinking of this. It's like someone who um, is playing the part of a killer. And so they're, they do the whole like Edward Scissorhands, like pale face and leather get up you know what like they're not really that like they're they're playing the part of a dark
2: but
0: they're person, not but
1: they're but but and they kill people oh, i
2: guess okay so they are you know what? <laughs> i don't know so this is not very fully formed you know what question that kept coming up in my mind last night when i was watching that movie edward susan hands how does he go to the bathroom or does he i said the same thing but well, he's
3: not human apparently
2: apparently no but so- he eats he was eating. He eats, but they said that like he cre- the well, inventor like created a man.
3: Kim Jong-un, he doesn't have a butthole, maybe. I don't
2: know. I don't know, maybe.
3: Let's get started with tonight's story. If you're new here, welcome to Talk Murder to Me podcast. I put all my sources, photos, and videos on talkmurder.com. This is episode 224. You don't want to miss these photos. You don't want to miss the blog post, I put a lot of time in it. So go there to talkmore.com and see this. Alternatively, we are recording this on YouTube right now and we are on camera and you can see my pretty face and you can also see Jen. And Nicole's here too. Tonight we are starting with a Bible verse. So, Jen, if you would like to read this.
2: Reading from Hosea, chapter 13, verse 8. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will tear open their breasts, and there I will devour them like a lion, as a wild beast would rip them open.
3: So, what do you think that refers to?
2: God's vengeance. A
3: wolf, maybe? I will tear open their breast. Did you say beast? I don't think so. I think you do. No. Did. I would tear up in their breasts. There is a
2: second, the last line that uses the word beast. Oh, though. yeah, you're right. Thank you for paying attention mm. to me, Nicole. At least someone. someone does.
3: All right. So tonight we are going to Medicine Hat. Two words. You guys want to take a guess where that is? Medicine Hat.
2: Wyoming. Canada.
3: Obviously, it's a Native American town. Yeah. On YouTube, if you are following along, we're going to... Three- Canada. 304 Cameron Road, Southeast. And for you podcast listeners, I am showing them the Google Earth right now. And we're zooming down to in front of the home. It is right there. That mm-hmm. that home right there.
2: The bluish one?
3: Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to kind of go around it. Tell me a little bit about the neighborhood. Pretty nice.
2: Yeah. It's like a suburban a, yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, nice suburban yeah. neighborhood.
3: So that is the house right there. If you want to describe it, two-story...
2: Raised ranch,
3: raised raised ranch. Yeah, well, I don't know what that
2: means. It's a two level ranch, which is an oxymoron.
1: But I know what you mean. No, that's what they're called. I know, I know. It's kind of a weird name though for the house. Yeah, but it's a nice like it's a a a nice neighborhood. Like it's not like this is a yeah. looks like a sketchy area or anything like that.
3: Yeah. So the house, blue house, two stories. Um, I zoomed back out here because I wanted to show you medicine hat. So where we're at is right above the North Dakota ish. It's like right in the center of Canada, but closer to the U S border. So we are going to April 23rd, 2006. It's a Sunday morning and the house right across the yard. There is a house of a six year old boy And he has it in his mind like he does every weekend to play with eight year old Jacob who lives right here in this house. So on April 23rd, 2006, a Sunday morning, he wants to play, but he calls the phone to say, hey, I'm coming over. Let's play some basketball. Actually, they were really big in the Star Wars. So let's play Jedis. I'm coming over. Answer machine picks up. So no go. Anyway, his Mom takes him out to the movies instead, and when they get back, he decides to go over there anyway. Now, this is around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, Uh 1.30-ish. He goes over to the house, knocks, knocks, knocks. Nobody's there. However, the dad's truck is in the driveway of this Uh house you're looking at right now. So the dad's truck's in the driveway. Uh The little six-year-old boy runs over. I think his name was Garrett or something. He runs over. And he bangs on the door. Ba, 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 ba. No one answers. Then he goes to the left. You can kind of see the windows down there. Mm-hmm. That's actually the basement. Right. Yeah. Okay. That. So that's the basement. And he looks in the windows. And right there, he sees a, a horrible, horrid scene. He freaks out. He runs back over to his house. And this is what he says.
2: Mommy, there's bodies at Jacob's with blood on them. I saw them through the basement window.
3: Now, the mom is actually pissed, as she should be, because there's no bodies over there. And your six-year-old is joking about that. Uh Uh-uh. You know?
1: Yeah. I could see. Yeah. So she's like,
3: you better not be joking. This is something we don't joke about. You don't do that. That's not funny. Yeah. So she goes over there. She looks in the basement window. And this is what she sees.
1: She saw the body of a man lying face up on the floor, clad in black boxer shorts. His legs were smeared with blood, and he appeared to be reaching out with his arms, as if in motion. But something was wrong. He wasn't moving. There was also blood coating his face, so much blood that you couldn't tell if it was Mark. Behind a couch, she saw the body of Deborah lying on the floor, almost on her back, in an oddly bent angle. Her legs were also smeared with blood. Mm.
3: So who you're looking at right now, and I'll put all these photos on talkmore.com, is Mark and Deborah. if you want to describe them, Nicole, for our podcasters.
1: Um, I guess they're a middle-aged Caucasian couple. She is uh, blondish hair, bangs, shorter hair. Um, She's slender. And then the male is uh, receding hairline, mustache, dark hair. How, um, how happy
3: do they look right there?
1: Happy. I mean, they look happy. They
3: look really happy. Yeah,
1: and all the neighbors,
3: including the uh, elderly couple next door, they said the same thing. This was the happiest couple. Nothing's wrong in this relationship. They both loved each other. They moved here about three years ago. Complete, completely happy couple. They they both. I mean, he had he has a great job. Nothing out of the ordinary. This would never happen to them. A little bit about the couple, Mark and Deborah. They arrived in Medicine Hat three years ago from Ocotox. I think I'm saying that right, which is near Calgary. Okay. The neighbors, Phyllis and Vernon, an older couple, described them as, quote, full of life, end quote. They were married for 15 years. And this, what you saw, their house that we're at tonight, was their first... Home together, real home. Okay, they've rented, but this is the one that they actually owned, and for them, that is a dream come true. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of couples, yeah. So this was their first one. Mark, he was an instrumentation technician. So if you think of going into a big factory and you see the gauges, pressure valves. You know, he's the guy that works on the gauges and makes sure Uh, they're accurate, you know? Okay, okay. Yeah, so he's that type of guy. And not just little factories. I mean, he's doing huge jobs with big, big old gauges that have to be exactly in tuned. And he was really good at his job. So that's what he did for a living. And that's a pretty good industry. He was actually getting paid well, and he was working in the oil and gas industry. He was working for uh, Encana. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. It's a... Is basically the Halliburton of uh, Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah. So huge company, great benefits. Uh, he actually just got promoted not too long ago. He took a, an additional course on electrical engineering. He got promoted to a new job doing the, you know, the gauges and stuff. Everything was good. He's making good money. The mm-hmm. whole family is happy and they're in a really good neighborhood. Everything's going great. And that's what I'm saying. This is just came out of nowhere. They were married. They actually they actually met in substance abuse recovery. So I don't know if you could tell just by looking at them, but they were both both previous heavy heavy drug users. And I know you can't tell uh, no. because they they cleaned themselves up and they actually met in recovery. Good okay, for them. Good. And they married in Ontario in 1991. They've been together for 15 years. They mm-hmm. haven't touched a drug since. They, they've been in recovery, and, I mean, look at them. They're, they're on their way up. They have a, a new home. And a kid. and Yeah, exactly.
1: Wow. That's awesome. That's great. Well, obviously. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The police arrive at the scene at one thirty four p.m. They can hear a faint whimpering in the house. So, obviously. Oh, someone's still alive. Maybe. Or so was it a dog? It was a dog, yeah. So, four police officers uh, actually bust down the door and, and the dog was actually whimpering by the mother's body,
2: Aww. just laying
3: there whimpering. And the dog's fine. I always ask that question: if there's ever a dog involved, you know, where did the dog end up?
1: Kind yeah. Of thing. If there's ever like a movie or a show that we watch and something happens to the animal, I'm like, that's it. I don't want to watch oh, it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I take it too seriously.
3: I'm not under exaggerating when I say there were there was. An extensive amount of blood through the home. So they were both killed downstairs near the kitchen area of the house. There was actually blood on the ceiling. So eight foot, nine feet in the air, splattered that high. There was blood swipes going up the stairs on both sides. So if you think of the stairs, you got the two walls and you go up the stairs it wasn't handprints that you could see, but it was like someone took a paintbrush. And that's how the detectives described it, like a big paintbrush. And they just smeared it all at the mm-hmm. wall as they were going upstairs. Weird. And the paint, or excuse me, the blood was actually, they could tell it was going upstairs. And and the reason that's important is because they knew something happened downstairs. And they called it the, they called it a couple things, which was actually surreal to me. Because I've never seen this, as long as I've been doing this, in a true crime book, but they called it the death battle, you know, and uh, a death fight. So basically there was a big fight downstairs and you can tell it was the the last, I mean, death battle, last it, man, standing, it, it, last type man standing type of fight. And then once that happens, the killer, whoever won, runs upstairs and with his hoodie, because that's what it was, you know, uh, covering his arms or whatever, and just flailing, he's spraying, or he is uh, swiping the walls, going upstairs.
1: Purposefully. He's like, he's, the killer is trying. Not
3: not doing it to cover evidence or anything. He's just doing it because he just got into a death battle where he almost died, and now he's just running upstairs. So he
1: may be more like like grabbing the wall for support. Okay, I was just curious if it was like him trying to like paint the wall in blood, being like, yeah.
3: Or maybe, I mean, you'll see what I'm talking about in a second. Okay. But Deborah, Deborah, the wife, was laying on the floor. She was in a an unnatural position. She was bent up on the couch. Her head was cocked. She was wearing a blue nightie. It was it was hiked up, but she wasn't raped or anything.
1: Hmm. I think it
3: was just in the in the action, and and I'll get to exactly what happened in a little bit. But Deborah came down first. She hears something in the house. She goes downstairs. There's an intruder. This intruder attacks her so much so that she falls, leans up on the couch, and she's dying as the husband comes down. The husband comes down, grabs the first thing he sees, which is a screwdriver, and starts attacking the intruder. This became the death battle. He got a few good hits on the killer, and the killer obviously... Got the upper hand. But luckily, as you'll hear in a second, she was naked from the waist down, blood smeared on her legs. One more thing about Deborah, her friend Judith, to talk about her character, said, quote, she would see you and you would get the biggest hugs you ever got, end Uh quote. Now, Mark's hands, when he was found, he was near his wife. Dead, obviously, face up so back down and his hands were clenched upwards and when the detectives first went in they thought he was still alive because his arms were clenched like in a fighting like in a boxer I'm gonna punch you kind of thing oh wow but as soon as they got there they just realized that that's how he died and then rigor mortis set in and then his hands wow. frozen like that so
1: so he was he was fighting until the end yeah oh
3: yeah he was fighting wow. till the end actually wow. they both were they both had defensive wounds all over them Mm. he had cuts all over his face chest and body large gaping wounds Mm. in his neck and his body beside him right beside him laid the screwdriver which he had picked up to defend himself and a black handled knife which was one of the two knives used to murder the family so that tells you right there, the killer is not really caring about fingerprints or maybe he's wearing a glove. But even then, you could probably track the purchase of the knife kind of thing. So you kind of if you're going in like a detective, that's what you would see. Anyway, both parents did fight their attacker. And like I said, the detectives used the words death fight and death battle between Mark and the attacker. So they followed the trail of blood upstairs. The wipes on the wall going up the stairs Mm -hmm. and the upstairs is where the parents bedroom were and where the the baby was, the six year old. They actually didn't know who was in the house at the time. They just responded to this call of bodies in the house and they just roll up there. They don't know how many family members they are, but they could see the pictures hanging up everywhere. And this is one of them they saw. Oh, no. You see... Mark and Deborah, right there, and there's an eight-year-old boy. So they knew the eight-year-old boy may have been somewhere in the house. And if you want to read this.
1: On the bed lay the body of a little boy in his underwear on his right side with a large gash in his throat. His eyes were wide open. Blood was everywhere. On the bed, the floor, the purple walls, the boy's Pokemon trading cards, on his wrestling figurines, and on a toy Star Wars lightsaber on the floor. So w- are you saying that there were was more than one killer? We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so
2: man his eyes were still open. That's uh that's, yeah, that's awful.
3: So the boy, 8-year-old Jacob, and and this really obviously disturbed detectives. It kind of disturbed me reading it too, not going to lie. But you see there his uh, purple walls and the boy's Pokemon trading cards and his toy star wars lightsaber on the floor so the thing about this is little jacob has been recently big into star wars and actually him and the boy across the street yeah they were playing with the lightsabers this is really effed up the lightsaber the handle was bloody which means the eight-year-old thought he could use it to mm. save his life i know that's really sad he actually tried to use it as a weapon. That's like really bad, but that's what happened.
1: That's sad. Yeah, that's really upset. that's like a the sad worst detail. Thing.
3: Sorry, I mean, I, just, I I was thinking about not putting that in there, but
1: no, I mean, it's it's important, but it, it, yeah.
3: I oh, mean, that, that's, that's gonna, gonna hard I was I gonna paint the story, man, because you know how Canada is, right?
1: Oh God! Oh I mean, God! Okay, okay then. Don't say it. Well, Jesus Duh. Christ!
3: <laughs> I want you guys to hate oh, hate who did this, right? Oh no. <laughs> We've done some Canadian stories.
1: Yeah. Yes, we have.
3: Detectives went back downstairs and they noticed another photo. This photo had another person in it. So apparently, not only did Mark and Deborah have an eight-year-old son, they also had a 12-year-old daughter.
2: Oh, okay.
3: This is the 12-year-old daughter. Where was she? If you want to just try to describe her... I want to say she does not look 12. She looks a lot older. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that. A lot of people say she looks a lot older and she developed early.
1: Yeah, she looks a lot older than than 12, that's for sure.
3: Uh, How old do you think she looks?
1: She looks like 16. Six, yeah, at least 16, That's exactly 17. what
3: the neighbors told the detectives. So the detectives run out and they're like, have you seen this girl? Who's this girl? And her name is Jasmine. And I'm going to call her Jr. because that's what everyone calls her. Because this is a Richardson family, so Jasmine Richardson. Okay. okay. So they come out, Jr. Where, where is this? Where is this person? The neighbors like, oh, that's Jasmine. She's twelve, but she looks a lot older. Not only do they not know where she's at, but it's not like they can ask the parents because right now, where is she? Is she at a friend's house? Did she go off? Is she? I don't know out of town like how do we get in touch with her we can't ask the mom can you remind me what year
2: this is uh in... 2006 all right so this is i mean they did have they did have cell phones yeah, at least but, but did, they didn't did ha- she have a cell that's phone that's what i'm saying
3: like they don't have the number yeah. the mom's cell phone i mean if if something happens to you they don't know your password type of thing no one knows how to get in touch with this this girl okay that's the problem mm-hmm. because what we what we're seeing now is a massacre Three people are dead in this house yeah. in suburban Canada, and you have a missing a missing 12 year old. Okay, so let's say they're, they're thinking Jamie, they're thinking Jamie Kloss type of situation here. Yeah, right. yep, yep, okay. Go in there, kill the parents. The girl was the mm-hmm. target, obviously, to a pedophile or whatever, kill the parents and even the boy. And then take the girl, and yeah, and now she's being held captive, like Jamie Claus under a Yabba's bed doing. or something. Yeah. You know, she's being held captive or whatever. So that's what they're thinking. Got it. So okay. they see this photo, and if you if you go to talkmer.com, I'll put her photo on there. She is uh, she's twelve, but she looks sixteen. She's
1: brown hair, um, like girl next door, a very pretty. Yeah, brown hair, brown eyes. She's like very put together for her age. You know, like what I think about myself at 12. I mean, I know I also looked older than 12, but I also looked young, you know,
2: like still looked like a little kid in some ways. I remember what I looked like when I was 12. My mom made me had a boy haircut.
3: You had the bow, right?
2: That's yeah. like, <laughs> let's not discuss.
3: Bow cut. Like this video if you want to. If you want me to put a picture of Jen's bowl cut on the next video. <laughs>
2: if my, we, seventh, my seventh grade yearbook photo, like, and I was such a tomboy too. So oh I my like gosh, short I would hair. love to see this. I don't know where this yearbook is, but like, I'm it was calling short, your mom. It's short hair. Good luck. She <sighs> won't know where it is either. She's just, it's trouble finding anything in that house, but uh, short hair. And I had like, I'll never forget, it was this. Yellow and navy blue rugby shirt from Old Navy because oh that gosh, was the year those the, were. Rugby's were so in. They were. I like rugby shirts. I would wear a rugby shirt around. But they now. were like real popular. Yes. Yeah. And so I and this is before I had braces. So I had my my gap tooth. It was terrible. Oh was my gosh! So I bad. need this photo <laughs> so bad. All
3: right. So here's some uh, character quotes about the family if you want to read these
2: they were just a regular family says bob groden another former neighbor deborah was the cement who built a pleasant happy home and mark's only plan in life was to do right by his family i lived vicariously through those parents and really admired their devotion to family
3: all right so you're the detective you have this missing girl you sent the picture to the media but okay maybe we can get in touch with her friends Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, that's a great idea. Who are our friends? But how do we do that? We don't have any phone numbers.
1: And this is before social media and all that stuff.
3: Well, no. So, well, kind of. But I mean, even they My don't Space know. MySpace
1: was a thing.
2: They don't know how to yeah. log and on AOL yeah. instant messenger. So she
3: was on MySpace and all that stuff. But they don't know how to log on stuff. Mm-hmm. They need to get in touch with her right now, and they need to get a friend's number who may know where she's at because hopefully she's just out of town, and this was some dispute over I don't know whatever. The husband.
2: So no one in that neighborhood had a daughter between the ages of 10 and 14 that she would hang out with?
3: Possibly, but they're not going to go and knock on everyone's door. And no one around, because everyone was coming around, no one offered a cell phone number or anything. So they have to think quick because this girl was missing. And, you know, the first 48 hours is what they say is the most important. So what they ended up doing is they went to her school. Right. Right. And all right, and this is smart. Let's talk to the the principal or the staff, guidance counselor or whoever. Let's get into her locker, and let's find a number because you know how girls put. Oh, Sarah, eight zero three heart seven seven two heart one one two one. You know, and then they go and they pillow fight. That's what they're thinking.
1: <laughs> we hate to break it to you. That's John. not. <laughs>
2: It's not how it happens.
3: And then they have a picture of me, John, so cute skater boy, heart Jinkos. heart heart.
2: my <laughs> god, I love his
1: jenkos. <laughs> I didn't know what jenkos were before. I, I never even you.
3: wore jenkos, man. You I don't said know, that if you did. I never wore jenkos. You said
1: that you did. They go to Jasmine's
3: school. They get the locker number and the combination, and they open her locker. They're looking for phone number or anything. They start flipping through her binder, yada, yada, yada. And then this falls out of her binder. You want to describe this?
2: Oh, boy. It's a cartoon. Stick figure. Yeah,
3: Stick figure is a 12-panel cartoon strip. I'll put this on TalkMurder.com.
1: I see. Yay, gasoline. Whoa. Let
3: let me describe this to you. The first panel says, let's go for a walk.
2: Okay. What does the other thing say?
3: uh, Laughing or something. Oh, laugh. Okay. And then you see, obviously, Mark, Deborah, and then the boy. Where Jacob is this going in the down first panel? No, the first left. Oh, okay, okay. Upper left, you see, and then you go across. Okay, yeah, okay. The next panel, maybe it says go away. Yeah, or whatever. You know, oh, I don't, I'm just I don't trying know to figure out. All right, the next panel says um, an angry stick figure pours gasoline into a water sprinkler and says mwa ha ha." So yeah, so the, the on the one, right, on the okay. very right, so it says gasoline. She's pouring it into a water sprinkler and then the bottom stick figure says "muhaha" which is laughing. M W A should be pronounced like Mwahaha. Yeah, Mwahaha or whatever. Like a Bowser laugh. Yeah. The next little stick figure plays on a swing as you see in the uh-huh. fourth one down.
2: Water. Yay. Oh my god, that's terrible.
3: Yeah, so the yeah, so he's playing on swing the parents, the stick figure parents are sitting on a park bench. The gasoline is coming out of the water sprinkler. uh They
2: say, oh, no, we're covered in gasoline.
3: Yep. And then on the next one, it says, quote, ah, I'm being burned alive, end quote. The next caption says, quote, help, help. My flesh is being burned off. Oh,
1: God. End
3: quote. The next caption says, quote, the unimaginable pain. And then the last pain is two figures saying, "Quote, ah ha ha, you're burning alive." That's the very last one. So that's dark. This is this is what falls out of Jasmine's locker now. Interesting. Okay, for a twelve-year-old girl. Well, what, what do you guys think? What's going on in your head right now?
1: I'm thinking of a. Um, did you? You know, Gillian Flynn, Gone Girl? Yeah. Dark Places was uh, the movie with um, Charlize Theron. You know, yeah. we watched that one. That's what I've it. got going in, in my mind right now.
3: I was sleeping. It
1: chick, was a good movie. Chick
3: flick. I don't want it.
1: It was not a chick flick. I didn't see it. But it's like the kids are into darker thing. I mean, there, there's a whole bigger story, but... Um, This girl ends up killing her boyfriend's sister.
3: But this can't be the daughter. I mean, this is just... Maybe she's just... uh, Maybe
1: someone else drew it. Maybe someone else
3: drew it. But, you know, it was suspicious. And at the time, the reason they released her photo to the media, because she's 12 and... You know, they they can't just be releasing 12-year-old's photo to the media.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. I yeah, forgot about exactly. that.
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So now they're like, oh, crap, did she have something to do with it? We don't know yet.
4: I often find out the hard way that all IPAs are not created equal. Some are hot bombs that forget about flavor. Others only taste good if you drink them with a heavy meal. Fortunately, Founders Brewing Company has found a way to enjoy an IPA anytime and at any occasion with their all-day IPA. You can taste the hops, of course, but it's the complex array of malts and grains that make All Day IPA a beer that will grab your attention. Whether you're relaxing after a long day at work or hanging outside with your friends, All Day IPA will become one of your favorites. It's one reason why Founders is in the top 10 of the nation's craft breweries and a staple in my fridge. When you taste All Day IPA, you'll understand how they got there. Look for Founders in your favorite beer store or check out their full line of beer and now hard seltzers too at foundersbrewing.com. Founders Brewing Company, born and brewed in Michigan
0: since 1997. Mattie's believes nature is beautiful, majestic, serene. But human nature is inventive, intrepid, reckless. Nature says, look how many colors I can fit in a sunset. Human nature says, look how many hot wings I can fit in my mouth. But human nature needs nature. That's why there's Maddie's All Natural Acid and Indigestion Relief. A drug-free remedy for human nature, available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Amazon. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Maddie's believes nature is beautiful, majestic, serene. But human nature is inventive, intrepid, reckless. Nature says, look how many colors I can fit in a sunset. Human nature says, look how many hot wings I can fit in my mouth. But human nature needs nature. That's why there's Maddie's All Natural Acid and Indigestion Relief a drug-free remedy for human nature, available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Amazon. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Anyway, a little bit about
3: her character. One of her friends says, quote, Jr. was an understanding, decent, outgoing, absolutely amazing person.
1: A lot of positive attributes there.
3: Another says, quote, when I met JR in grade six, she was kind, gentle, and made an effort to befriend me and made me feel welcome, end quote. So she okay. had a lot of friends, and supposedly she was really happy. So look at this girl right here. That's not a type of girl that would kill her parents and her eight-year-old boy or eight-year-old daughter or eight-year-old brother, right? Well. Now look at this picture here. This is a stark difference <gasps>
2: oh. to
3: the one you just saw. So the photo you're looking at now is of Jasmine Richardson, same girl. But now the photo is of her holding a pistol. And, a real pistol? Yeah, a real pistol and looking rather emo or yep. uh, emo, emotional.
1: Yeah.
3: That's what that means, emotional.
1: Um, I'm, I am I'm would love to know what band. So um, she's... 12 and this is 2006, 2006 this picture okay. here
3: she's 11 years old oh wow and she i mean just look at her face she's not happy she doesn't look happy she looks she's wearing dark eyeliner mascara whatever she's got lipstick on her hair is kind of it looks like avril lavigne she kind very of looks straight straight and straight, yeah. Pin straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, very gothic looking I mean, and the photos kind of grayish; It's hard to see.
2: Definitely emo, for sure.
3: Here, check these photos She'll out. to my
2: chemical. Maybe I was gonna say that. Yeah, all so, time low. So this
3: photo on the left—if you see that one—she's got uh, her eyeliners. Like, it's I don't know that, what. Do call I don't know
1: it? tears or tears spiders or something coming or, uh-huh. out. Spiders.
3: She's wearing this dark red lipstick. She definitely does not look eleven. No, <laughs> shit. That's an eleven-year-old girl. It's
2: crazy. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Again, my 11 year old experience was not looking like that.
3: I would not let her go out looking like that. I could not, man.
2: Well, sometimes, you know, you can't control uh. what they look like when they go outside. Sometimes. What if she left the house looking like that when you were? That's home? what that's
3: what happens. So as I was reading more in the story, so she was gothic. They would bring different clothes, mini skirts, whatever, to school and mm-hmm. change into. Them. Yeah. But oh, my God, dude. I mean, she that that is an 11-year-old girl that is wearing that type of makeup right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. I, I grew up real Southern Baptist, so.
1: But you also had blue hair when you were a teenager.
3: That's uh, different, though.
1: Mm, is it, though?
3: Yeah, because... But I was like 15, 16. Okay. My mom would never let me dye my hair if I was 11, I don't know. Maybe I'm being insensitive.
2: No, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's, it's definitely a different look.
3: Now the mother, Deborah, she was into uh, Reiki, R E I K I, which gosh. is, which is not. I was nuts. just
2: talking about this this past week. Go what,
3: on. How, what is it? Tell us about
2: Reiki. It's like an energy. Um, practice so you like clear your chakras and like you send good energy I don't know the whole thing but I was looking into it I was talking about this at at work um, that some of my counselor friends and I we want to go to a a Reiki session I've had it done before during one of my um, when I went to get a massage a few years ago and I actually like felt a shift in my energy not like fatigue like tired energy but like when I was laying on the table like you could like feel like the energy, it was really cool. Hmm.
3: Yeah, so her mother had an interest in Reiki and energy healing. So you can see how Jr. picked up an interest in, because, I mean, it's not, it's still new age. It's not exactly yeah. the same. But she started to embrace Wicca.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Which is, um, we have some Wicca, Wicca listener, Wicca. Wiccan. Wiccan practicers.
2: Mm-hmm. So we have one uh,
3: Grace. She's really smart about that. I wonder so, how
2: Grace is doing. Hey Grace, we
3: uh, we're not talking bad about Wiccans or anything else. In fact, that um, from what I've seen, the whole practice, if you will, embraces love. They don't believe in violence. So if we if we were nothing but Wiccans in this world, we'd all be you know one or whatever. I don't know. All right, so uh, let's move on. Tonight we are reading the book Runaway Devil. Mm-hmm. Hmm. How Forbidden Love Drove a 12-Year-Old to Murder Her Family.
2: Oh, okay.
3: So she is the killer. Robert Remington and Sherry (laughs) Zyckfus. Fuck that up. (laughs) But the book is called Runaway Devil, and the reason it's called that is because one of her many... MySpace and and not even MySpace, some weird social media accounts that I'm gonna get into. One of her screen names is the Runaway Devil. Hmm. And it just kind of goes with the story because she was a devil. She, you know, killed her family and then she ran away, right? Hmm. But she is goth, she is part of the local goth scene. And even though she's 12 years old, she adopted the goth lifestyle. So goth actually started in a nightclub in London in the early 1980s. Do you Mm -hmm. want to guess why? So basically, it's one nightclub, one night, uh, early 1980s. A bunch of kids showed up wearing all black.
2: Why? Edward Scissorhands. No. No, that didn't come out till 94.
3: Because what was going on in the, the late 70s, we're in the disco era everyone's wearing flashy stuff jewelry everyone's flashy with the platform shoes and it's all materialistic type of thing these kids go into the nightclub wearing all black nothing but black and they they didn't they didn't uh know it was going to cause this whole gothic revolution or whatever Mm -hmm. but just the stark contrast of what everyone else is wearing to the all black made it a huge thing and that's how the golf golf That's how golfers, gothers got their start. Here's some of the goth music that Jasmine was listening to at the time. Oh, the Misfits. Yeah, you got the Misfits up there.
1: The Cure is goth?
3: Yeah. You didn't know that? That's like one of the biggest goth bands ever. The Cure, also another one that uh, you may recognize is Joy Division Mm -hmm, up there. And then uh, Bauhaus, that was the actual club, I believe, that the goth kids went into if I got my facts right, uh, these are the most famous type of goth bands. And I don't listen to this stuff, guys, so I don't really know much about it. I but like The Cure. I mean, I t- the Misfits, man, like their music's awful, dude. Like it's it's basically punk rock, power chords, but it's just, it's not very good. I, I just don't like I it. I like
2: man. punk rock. I don't think yeah. I've actually ever heard. The Misfits, but I, did, I the their logo because there was this one kid in middle school who had a jean jacket and he had a picture of the Misfits oh. pinned to the back of it.
3: Yeah. So let me talk a little bit about Jasmine. She was 11. Okay. At the time she was making all this MySpace and all these other accounts I'm about to talk about. She actually looks like she's 16 and the makeup definitely...
2: Have you seen the movie 13, actually? um, and It was a very... like When it came out, I think... I started to watch it with my parents and then they were like, You're not watching this with yeah, us, but yeah. I don't remember any of it.
3: She looked sixteen. Now research shows that girls who reach puberty earlier, because she was more filled out than other girls, not with, with even without the makeup and stuff like that. Research shows that girls that reach an earlier stage of pubescence, they are usually more aggressive, have a higher risk for delinquency. And are also more likely to be depressed, moody, sexually active, and withdrawn. Hmm. That's weird. I didn't think that. I thought they'd be more popular and, you know, whatever.
2: Well, I mean, when you think about it, they're they may be more popular like with the boys but like they're they're starting to look different you know like than their peers so yeah. they become you know outsiders yeah so
3: on august 27 2005 when she was 11 years old she joined mind, MindViz.com. m i n d v i z.com it's no longer up if you go to their web page they have a it has been a long run type of uh Banner up there. So I actually couldn't get any pictures from that. She also joined MySpace, which is now a, a like a band music type of thing. It's not like the old Tom. Oh, like it's, we're, not. We're to, no, it's not. We're used to now. It's not social media. It's like you got to be a musician or something. Yeah, Tom. Anyway, um, on November 10th, 2005, she joined vampirefreaks.com. Oh, okay. Under the name X Killer, X Killer Kitty dash x two weeks later she joined another social media called zorpia.com but on zorpia.com is when the first time she used the name runaway devil like in the book and that's her name that her friends would refer her to so all these gothic people they have other names okay like she was hanging out with older boys one of them his name was Trenchcoat. The other one's oh. name was Raven. So I'm trying to think of what my name would be, which is probably Mr. Cool. <laughs> Our good Charlotte.
2: <laughs> Benji. Benji. <laughs> That's his name. Benji Madden. What would what would my name be? Mine would be sweatpants, I think.
3: This, sweat sweatpants.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes.
3: Mine would be IHOP. Maybe, I don't know, stupid. Pancake. <laughs> <laughs> Pancake kitten XXX. X, X. <laughs> Pancake kitten. <laughs> I don't
1: know uh, what mine would be. I need to think about this a little bit more. She Leggings, I don't know. <laughs> she was always a very quiet girl. There wasn't anything that really stood out about her. But in grade seven, we noticed a change in her. The skirts getting shorter, the chains...
3: She joined Nexopia.com and started putting out her new personality before she goes to the mall. So these kids, these twelve year old, eleven year old kids, because she was eleven at the time, they're hanging out at the mall and doing their goth thing. But the first parade. If the parade.
2: I'm sorry, that's what it that's just what it is. It will always be the parade. i was surprised she so didn't say funny. circus. No.
3: But anyway, my mom would be late to circus. <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference between your mom and my mom.
1: Your mom is ruthless.
3: (laughs) The circus. (laughs) And she would probably bring a tuba. (laughs) (laughs) Boom, boom,
0: boom.
2: Whatever. For when you're walking behind (laughs) sweatpants, you gotta play the
3: tuba. (laughs) Boom, (laughs) boom, boom, boom. On her nextopia.com page, she started putting her new personality, and this is what it said
1: I am the almighty jazz. Bow down. I think deep thoughts. I'm quite emotional and my mood is ever-changing, although I can be very good at hiding my feelings. I don't trust easily. I either have lots of energy or very little. I like to make attempts at poetry and anime. I make wookie noises and often scare small children. I'm afraid of llamas.
3: She is a small child. She's fucking 11 years old. <laughs> the
1: I am told I am mentally retarded. Often (laughs) I am loud and bounce a lot. When I'm hyper, I like to dress up and want an Edward Scissorhands outfit. Other people live in my head with me. I like random questions. I like to pretend I'm a gangster sometimes. Don't worry, I'm not. Yeah, I sometimes watch Teen Titans in an animated TV series because I'm that cool. I play guitar and I suck.
3: I actually play guitar and I suck. (laughs) Some of her favorite bands include Cradle of Filth, Manson, Marilyn Manson and Slipknot. Her other likes include the following. And this is from her profile Nexapia. Cream, like not not the not the band obviously. That would oh. be too great. No, just like cream, I don't know. Like like to m- drink it? I, I don't know. Cream is I guarantee you it's not Eric Clapton. I'm telling you. Jump a, jump a lines, midgets, tricycles, squirrel men, and killing livestock. Oh,
2: that's interesting. What's a squirrel man? Is that like a furry?
3: I was thinking like a slender man. Oh, yeah, furry. <laughs> she also likes pretty guitars, loud music, piercings, tattoos. She spelled it wrong. Suspension, safety pins, instant m- massagers. She meant to say messengers, but she spelled it all fucked up. Eyes, unnatural hair colors, eyeliners, pinstripe, wicca, plastic spoons. (laughs) Japanese fans, Mr. Ming Master and the overly happily ballroom characters, anime, swimming, fire, candle wax, thunderstorm, boots, buttercups, horror movies, criminal psychology, moonlight. Ribbons, Alice in Wonderland, oversized tri tri clues. I don't know what that is. Random questions, mind freak. Tim Burton bow ties, toy guns, Converse capes, top hats, oddly colored contacts, fake eyelashes, duct tape, lions, human anatomy, wings, Riki t- uh, tarot cards, pin penduluma, w- Wookie noises. Ah! Oh, yeah. Wookiee noises. Originality. Yeah, that's something. that's original. Yeah. And mosh pits.
2: <laughs> and so this is this like kind of on Facebook, how you have the thing the profiles that you like. Is that kind of like what it is? Is that? Yeah. Oh, OK.
3: So she is at the mall and she is meeting guys that are <laughs> literal adults. OK. She is a an 11 year old girl at the time. And she makes this guy.
1: Oh, who is eighteen?
3: This guy is twenty-two years old. Ooh,
1: ooh, that bad. No, no, he go to jail. No, no, that bad. So, no, no, no. You this, are a pedophile. Nay, nay, nay. nay.
2: Literally oh. twice her age.
3: This is Jer- Jeremy Allen Stanky. S-t-e-i-n-k-e. Stinky. S t e i n k e.
2: Stinky. Yeah. Do the stanky leg. Because
3: that is what he was bullied for when he was growing up.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) So you're an asshole. (laughs) I'm
1: just saying what everybody's thinking.
3: (laughs) He is a 23-year-old high school dropout who lives in his mom's trailer. In a
1: van (laughs)
2: down by the
3: river. Oh, shit. Did I say his name was Jeremy? I meant to say his name was Soul Eater. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, like a dementor, yeah. Like one word, eater, soul
3: yeah. eater. Soul eater. That's what he goes by. So his friends are like, "Yo, what's up, soul eater?" <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> well, huh? Holy shit! I like mean, he just looks very creepy. You can't just introduce yourself as Mister Eater because they may assume your name is like Pumpkin or something. Pumpkin
3: Eater. All right, so tell us about his dislikes. Well, let me see.
2: Sunshine, color.
3: No, (laughs) hold on, hold (laughs) on. Some of his favorite bands include Cradle of Filth, Dying Fetus. Oh,
2: (laughs) is that a band? I don't like that. (laughs) Why would you name a band that? is that what you sound like like that's terrible yeah.
3: murder dolls which is a great name actually um corn i used to listen to corn
2: with the backwards uh. k
3: yeah but i was cool man i was like a skater that's, yeah yeah, yeah jankos i was like limb biscuit corn cool <laughs> he also used to listen to Megadeth, which i, I love Megadeth, so cool there and pantera which we're going to do a story here on pantera in a little bit so So you
2: would have been friends with this guy, (laughs) is what you're saying.
3: (laughs) I would not listen to Dying Fetus, whatever the fuck that is. Well, you'd listen to
2: everything else he'd listen to. (laughs)
3: Uh, I don't know.
2: Anyway, if you want to- he has a pandemic mask before it was cool. Yeah.
3: If you want- Yeah, so I'll put this uh, photo on Talkmore.com. This is Jeremy Allen Stinky. 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 (laughs) Stinky. He is in this photo right here, black sweatshirt. He's wearing a uh, bandana around his neck. He's got eyeliner on,
2: kind of like what I'm wearing right now. This he's, picture looks like he's been photoshopped into it. Like, it looks like he, it's just a picture of him, and then it's like a mall or something. Oh, shit.
3: You know what's really creepy? I think that's a school. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm looking at it. It looks like a school. It might be. <laughs> so fucking weird.
2: But still, it looks anyway, like he doesn't belong in the picture. No,
3: he doesn't. He's got a shaved head, a uh, white guy. Uh, I mean... He I don't know. He
2: looks like a skeleton.
3: Yeah, High
1: cheekbones, very pale, very, very short haircut, and lots of eyeliner and light eyes.
3: So this is some of his dislikes.
1: His dislikes were my heart being broken again. Home wreckers, hypocrites, lies, the sun, untrustworthy people or wait, unreliable wait, people. Wait, hold on,
3: go back. The sun?
2: <laughs> That's what I said. Sunshine. <laughs> He hates the sun? <laughs> I mean, that's why he's so pale. <laughs> Don't we need the sun to live? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Untrustworthy
1: people are unreliable people. Backstabbers, cheaters, spider webs Not spiders. They're cool. Cool. <laughs>
3: cool. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a Cartman. I was just
1: going to say that. <laughs> cool. Cool. Plains, uh, posers, prostitutes. Of prostitutes, she wrote, I'd like to kill them, play with their insides, <laughs> then eat. Didn't you- your <laughs> mama tell you not to play with your food. He also said he disliked <laughs> n word, pigs, cops, God versus. He actually said
3: the n word in there.
2: Yeah. Oh shit. He, he wrote actually, out the n word. I just
3: copied that from his thing and posted. it. Yeah. He wrote out
2: the n word. That's so he dislikes those who are called the n word, or he dislikes the n word. He dislikes the n word. So he. But he is,
3: dislikes the. He, he dislikes African American people. He is a racist. He's a racist. Okay. White supremacist. That's what we're Okay. Yeah,
2: because you could be like that. Could <laughs> be that could be a redeeming <laughs> quality if he disliked the word n word. No, no, no. He he is saying that he
1: dislikes that race. Oh, so, well, that's so we're dealing with a white supremacist asshole. So yeah, we can call him stinky. We can call him whatever. The fuck oh, luckily
3: are. it didn't show up on the screen.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: um, I was <laughs> I kept reading. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, man. that's uh, uh, a. yeah, that's not that's not look,
3: that's not cute. I'm not explaining this guy right because. It, He's not, all right. Yeah, he is Jeremy and the soul eater, but that's not really who he is. Well, who is he? In reality, if you really want to know who he is, he, in his heart, in his all being, is a 300 year old reincarnated werewolf.
2: Oh. got it got it okay oh, so he's <laughs> team it. jacob all right he's team jacob and <laughs> who's
3: team jacob who's team jacob hello twilight oh
2: <laughs> team edward is the vampires and i was so, like true blood so eh. yeah but yeah true blood's like the better adult J- version jr liked <laughs> vampires right so yep. she w- would be team edward and this guy is like literally a, a team jacob yeah
3: I actually looked this up. Now, this guy, Jeremy Stinky does not have this disorder, but there is an actual disorder that causes people to believe that they're actual werewolves, werewolves. and it goes back to antiquity. This disorder that people have, okay, is crazy. So the disorder is called lycanthropy, and... I'm going to read this. This is from thebritannica.com. Stories of men turning into beasts go back to antiquity. In parts of ancient Greece, werewolf myths, presumably stemming from prehistoric times, became linked with the Olympian religion. In Arcadia, a region plagued by wolves, there was a cult of wolf Zeus, Mount Lycreus was the scene of a yearly gathering at which the priests were said to prepare a sacrificial feast that included meat mixed with human parts. according to legend, whoever tasted it became a wolf and could not turn back into a man unless he abstained from human flesh for nine years. Well, but that's, but that's there is but there is two psychiatrists, and I pulled this from the book, this this study is actually in the book, Runaway Devil. But the two psychiatrists, Harvey Rostenstock and Kenneth Vinson, actually experienced a firsthand case from a woman that had this disease chronically. She was suffering from this. So it's like a psychosis. Mm. It's mostly wolves, but it could be other creatures as well. But mostly wolves, which I think has a, a lot to do with our... Uh, our side by side companionship, our domestication of the wolf into the dog type of thing. You know, we we spent thousands of years domesticating these wolves. So I believe somewhere in the subconscious, that is why most of the people that suffer from this disease believe that they're wolves. But anyway, if you want to read this, this is about their experience. This isn't related to this case. This is just about the actual disorder that he's claiming he has, which he does obviously not.
1: The patient chronically ruminated and dreamed about wolves. One week before her admission, she acted on these ruminations for the first time. At a family gathering, she disrobed, assumed the female sexual posture of a wolf and offered herself to her mother. This episode lasted for approximately 20 minutes. Holy shit. The following night, after coitus with her husband, the patient suffered a two-hour episode during which she growled, scratched, and nodded the bed. She stated that the devil came into her body and she became an animal. Simultaneously, she experienced auditory hallucinations. There was no drug involvement or alcohol intoxication.
3: Crazy. So it's a sort of psychosis. I just thought it was really interesting. Now, he's actually claiming he is a wolf. He doesn't have the disorder. He's just a poser.
2: Yeah. Mm.
3: You know. Poser. All right. This is from one of his personal blogs. This is what he posted.
1: We must meet in the cemetery one hour before the full moon is at its fullest to speak of a tragedy within the coven to those who have not overcome the mindless rage need not attend. So he
3: told everyone that he is actually part of a an ancient Lycan brotherhood of wolves okay.
0: now he believed
3: this and all and more importantly all these 12 and 11 year old girls <laughs> believed this because he was hanging out with all these girls at the mall and they believed this shit right and actually when he got arrested because he did get caught he tried to break the window of the back police car with his feet like trying to break it out and then when the cop came up to him to kind of tase him or whatever, he started growling and scratching the, the back of the window like <laughs> kind of shit. Whoa. And the reason we're talking about this guy so much is because he is the actual killer in this scenario. For at least two of the victims in the story, we're going to go back to inside the house. But okay. he actually kills the mother and the father
1: <gasps> oh. because, as
3: you remember, the father was in a death battle. Right, he was not in a death battle with his twelve-year-old right, daughter. Right, okay, right. it was with a man. Yeah, a twenty-two-year-old man. You know what I'm saying? With a knife, and that was this guy. Anyway, Jr. Jasmine starts hanging out with this guy, and. He is just, he. he's a 23-year-old drug addict who lives in his mom's trailer. I mean, and he says he's a werewolf and hangs at the mall with kids. I mean, come on. His childhood, a little bit about him. His childhood was awful, Drunking and heavily abused by his father. His actual father leaves when he's two. His kids made fun of him because he has an alcoholic mother and he was poor. And they would call him Stinky because his name obviously... When his father left him at two years old, the mother replaced him. Literally a new guy every week, always abusive to her and him. Mm. Even during this story, the mother was at the bars on weekend bingers. She had no idea what was going on at home. She had no idea it was 11 year old girl was there. She is a, You know, alcoholic. She was gone all the time, just drunk out of her mind. Jeremy actually says about one of his stepfathers, quote, he had a tendency to abuse me and my siblings, physical abuse, mental abuse. He would tie us up to chairs and make us watch the other children getting abused. Mm -hmm. One of the students recalls the following about Jeremy.
1: I remember being in the fifth grade with him and he was always late for class. I remember the teacher finally fed up with him coming in late every morning, confronting him about it and telling him to set his alarm clock or get his mom to set it for him. That was all it took. He snapped. I remember him screaming at the teacher in front of all of us about how he didn't have an alarm clock and how his mom wouldn't buy one. I remember being scared. He was that angry.
3: But this is actually him right here. Before all this stuff, oh, wow. Oh. before the goth the goth phase, which he actually went goth at twenty two years old. Hmm. So I'm thinking, twenty two years old, man. I was like, I, I was in Afghanistan at the time, but man, like to hang out with an eleven year old girl. It's, dude,
2: it's did did he so know awful. she was? Did he actually know she yeah, was eleven? Oh yeah. I mean,
3: come on, man.
2: Well, I mean, or these kids because, are
3: hanging out at the mall like Spencers and shit. Yeah, she but, did look older. Yeah, yeah, and she did lie about her age. On our over profile, so he says he didn't know, but
1: I mean, what it's, the fuck is that? She, like? she it's only legal if she's eighteen. All of her, f- yeah, her you know? friends, well, it's well, like Canada's, sixteen or something. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what actually, kind of-
3: he said it was fourteen in one of his interviews, but I mean, still, still I mean, it's so weird. Like
1: d- anyway, hanging out with people your own age. All yeah. the
3: other friends of hers were just as young. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. Yeah. So when he was a teenager, he starts becoming a cutter. And a little bit about cutting, from what I found out, it is—it's not—it's not a way to—you don't cut yourself to kill yourself. You cut yourself because there's like a a, a release there, kind of like a high almost.
2: Yeah, it's more you know of what I'm it's um, self harm, and it's a way for you to kind of feel something when you're like you're feeling numb. Yeah,
3: yeah. So, he was also an alcoholic, and by 15, he would get so drunk, and this happened a couple times, he was taken to the hospital for hypothermia after he passed out in his yard. Jeez. I mean, his his mom's not even there. This kid's 15.
1: That's awful. I
3: mean, he is just-
1: That's too bad. the, The
3: mom's out drinking. At 16, he became a pizza boy. That didn't last very long. He even worked in an underground mine. In the summer of 2005, he started to go goth when he was 22- so there's a year before the murder. Most true goths out there would call him a poser, but he was hanging out with 11 and 12 year olds who were really impressionable. Plus he could buy alcohol. Plus he had a car and these are freaking 12 year olds. So they don't have all that stuff. So they really liked him. I was trying to think like what kind of guy would hang out with the you know girls at the mall. I mean, this guy's a grown adult. It's possible that he has fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, Which means his mom, his mom is an alcohol, a, a very, I I mean, she is a drunk, Mm -hmm. like extreme drunk. So it's very possible that he has fetal alcohol spectrum disorder, even though she claims not to drink when she was pregnant. But dude, you're, you are, you go on bingers every week. Like I mean, of course you drink when you're pregnant. Like what the fuck? Like you just stopped. Mm-hmm, I mean, you don't mm-hmm. do that. Anyway, this uh, FASD can cause stunted growth and lower mental capacities. What I'm trying to say is the he was he's not uh, mentally impaired or retarded or anything, but it he's not he's not his age. He's not a 22-year-old thinking about 22-year-old things. He's a 22-year-old going goth and hanging out at the mall with kids type of thing. You know what I'm saying? He's not grown up in the head. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that is what uh, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder can do. According to experts, Julian Conry. And Diane Fass, I pulled this from the book, quote, they have an overwhelming desire to have friends, but due to their social immaturity and ineptness are often rejected by their peers. Mm -hmm. Everyone that was friends with him thought he was a a great guy. In a nutshell, Jeremy, JR, they started seeing each other and the mom, the dad, they were not having it.
1: Were they... um You would think, though, that if they met the parents, if he met the parents, he knew how old she was. Yeah. So, like, even if she, yeah, there's no way he didn't know that she was 12.
3: Oh, yeah, they did not. I mean, you saw their house. Do you want your 11-year-old, 12-year-old daughter to be sneaking out? Because she was sneaking out, going to live or going to stay with a 23-year-old who lives in his mom's trailer and doesn't have a job and dresses like that they were not good with that. Right. And so basically this is an escalation thing. They kept putting the pressure on no internet, no, no privileges. She kept breaking it, sneaking out, seeing this guy. She eventually had sex with this guy mm-hmm. and which makes him a pedophile, obviously all this stuff. And, and it just so got she worse, was worse, worse. With worse. This guy. Oh yeah. Oh my God. She was head over heels. There's love letters. Even after the murder of in prison, and that's how oh, they got a lot of the details because the detective would actually pass love letters between each of Jeremy. <laughs> oh, that's God. what I'm saying. Twenty three years old, he just killed three people, and now you're passing love letters to a twelve year old. I mean, you have bigger fucking problems, dude. You know what I'm saying?
1: Also, you're dumb. But- yeah.
3: So because they were using that as evidence. Anyway, let me just kind of run through this. The parents absolutely abhorred. Their daughter spent any time with this guy at all. She started sneaking out. It started escalating. That's when you go back to the locker. That paper fell out, the cartoon, because now you have this lichen warrior, a 300-year-old werewolf that's going to take Jasmine away to a castle in Germany. This is always telling her in his love letters and stuff like that. Uh, To be together in happiness. And for our Patreon guys, we're going to actually read a lot of the love letters and stuff like that. We're not going to do it right here because this episode is getting super long. But for the Patreon guys, we're going to kind of go through and read the love letters. And they're really... I mean, for a 23-year-old, writing this stuff is kind of crazy. I would write this stuff when I was like 10. And I mean, he's got a mind of... I don't know, man. Anyway... He was. She was sneaking out. Grounded. No internet. The tensions escalating, escalating, escalating. They watch movies together when they see each other, like natural born killers, which is basically the plot that they tried to to live out. Right, kill the parents. This is one of the emails that she sent to him when they started uh, breaching the idea of hey, let's kill my parents type of things. If you're going to ask about the eight year old son. And why kill him? The reasoning behind that is, well, you don't want an eight-year-old growing up without his parents. You know, so we got to kill him, too. It's almost like the the right thing to do. That was in her mind.
1: And she is the one who did that.
3: Yeah, yeah, I spoiled it. But, yeah, she's the one that actually killed mm, her own brother. Wow. And I'll get to that in a second. But if you want to read this.
1: March 20th, 2006, 710 p.m. To Soul Eater from Runaway Devil subject re reply hey beautiful roar i hate them so i have this plan it begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you so we are set i'm going to try and call you but i really don't know if i'll be able to they are treating me like shit i hate them so much but i hope this won't bring us far apart i hope to talk to you soon
2: and love you with all my heart love (laughs) from soul eater subject hey beautiful well, I love your plan, but we need to get a little more creative with like details and stuff. I wish they wouldn't treat you that way, Grr. It angers me to hear that. I dislike them very much. Don't worry, I love you too, my sexy beast. Yes. I-, I hope to hear from you soon too. Take care, my love. You have the key to my heart, and soon enough, you shall have my. And soon enough, you shall have my heart. If I die anyway, because if I give it to you now, I'll die. Then you won't be able to hear me say how much I love you. Love X O X O X O.
3: All right, so let's get on with this. April 23rd, 2006, Sunday morning, Jeremy, or should I say soul eater? Stinky. Stinky soul eater, consumes six beers, vodka, cocaine, wine, and ecstasy. He goes over to JR's house. This is wee hours in the morning. Everyone is sleeping. Jeremy recalls later that, quote, I was off like a rocket End quote. So, wearing a black neoprene face mask, black fishnet arm stockings, leather wristband, a neck bandana, and eyeliner, he goes into the home. Deborah hears a sound downstairs, and she's thinking, "Oh my God, my daughter is sneaking out again." She runs downstairs and is confronted with Jeremy, and he just starts stabbing.
1: The cocaine-fueled Jeremy slashed at Deborah. She screamed and held up her arms and hands in a defensive posture, exposing her torso. Jeremy lunged and jabbed.
3: So Deborah's first. She's dying on the floor since she's been stabbed. Mark comes down, grabs a s- screwdriver, and lunges at the soul eater. And he says, quote, he came at me real fast. I was scared shitless. I thought I was going down. I went to back up and I tripped and fell and he jumped on me and attempted to stab me in the chest. He grabbed my face and shoved his thumbs in my eye, end quote.
1: Mm.
3: Wow. He says. He
1: had a good shot at killing, you know, I'm getting him.
3: Yeah. He stabbed Mark over 20 times and at that time. Mark, the father, asked, quote, who are you? And then he says, why? You know, why are you doing this to me? Mm. The last words he would ever hear is, quote, it's what your daughter wanted.
2: Oh, no. Wow. That's terrible. Those were
3: the last words he ever heard. The blade that was left beside his body was bent in the middle and at the tip indicating that the tip of the blade actually hit a bone. Oof. Uh. J.R., the daughter, was downstairs watching it happen.
1: JR gave me a hug, kissed me, and told me that she loved me.
3: Two parents are dead. JR comes down, gives him a kiss, says that she loves him, but there's still one more problem that they gotta take care of. The eight-year-old brother upstairs, the... Eight-year-old was actually under his covers, cowering and shaking. And his sister comes in there and he says, "JR, what's going on? And then uh, she says, quote, to him, go to sleep, end quote. She starts trying to choke him out. She starts trying to suffocate him, choke him out. And then uh, he actually kind of escapes, runs into the hall. That's when he grabs his uh, lightsaber Mm. and tries to defend himself.
1: Like his father, Jacob struggled for his life. The blood seen by the four police officers who entered the house after Sarah Penner's 911 call clearly indicated that the little boy fought in his purple bedroom like the Jedi warrior he often pretended to be. It was everywhere on nearly every surface, including his toys. His blood also soaked the carpet in the hallway outside his bedroom door, where in the cold parlance of forensic investigators, a major bloodletting event occurred.
3: That's probably the saddest thing I've I've ever read since doing this podcast is the fact that he uh, he picked up the lightsaber. Yeah, I mean, that's just awful, man. Then she takes the knife and stabs it right in his neck. Oh no. And after that, long story short, they drive to a party that's going on, and they start bragging about it. No one believed them. And then Jr. speaks up. She's bragging about it, and she says, quote, it's true, my little brother gargled, end quote.
4: Oh, my
3: God. So... There's a lot more that um, we could go in, but we're not. They basically tried to skip town. They went to a party, like I said, and they were having sex, and they thought everything was going to be fine. It's just it's crazy. Reading the book is is surreal, man, because it's like, dude, what the fuck? So Jeremy admitted to a lot of the murders, and in fact, they actually got him. He was driving to one prison, and an undercover cop pretended to be an inmate, and that's how they got a lot of the details. Mm. He was bragging about the murders to this guy. He thought he was another convict. So they got him for three counts of first-degree murder, all served at the same time, which means he could parole.
1: I don't understand this. No. (laughs) No. You kill three people... He you is, go to jail for life. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't
2: care how many people you kill. You kill so, anyone, you get go to jail for life. So on December 15, thousand eight,
3: he was sentenced to three life sentences, but they are all going at the same time for some reason, and he is eligible parole after twenty five years. He'll be out.
1: Well, he's eligible for parole. He may not necessarily be out.
3: But it's also Canada.
1: Yeah, it is also Canada. What
3: What about uh, Jr.
2: Five years. I'll say 10.
1: She killed her
3: own little brother.
2: I know. Yeah. But again, it's Canada. Yeah. So Jas- and she's 12.
3: There you go. So Jasmine Richardson, and I'm going to get her exact sentencing right here. On July 9th, 2007, Jasmine, who by then turned 13, was found guilty of three counts of first degree murder in the killings. She is believed to be the youngest person convicted in a multiple murder. Case in Canada. Uh, she was sentenced to the maximum penalty. What do you think that is?
2: Was she tried as an adult?
3: No, she's not an adult.
2: Well, I know she's not an adult, but was she tried as no, an adult? No, she's different.
3: not. Um, so on November 8, 2007, she was sentenced to the maximum penalty of 10 years. Her sentence included credit for 18 months already spent in custody, followed by four years in a psychiatric institution. And four and a half years under conditional supervision in the community. So she has been out. She she basically spent four years going into a psych ward. She got out. You can't find her now. She had changed her name. She is living in obscurity. Probably at She's probably roommates with um, Carla Homolka.
0: Yeah. They're probably
3: best friends. And I mean I don't know, man. Fucking crazy. It's crazy because. She and Jeremy were writing love letters and planning all this stuff like he's going to get out on probation. They just killed three freaking people. She killed her own family. She watched her mom and her dad die, and then she personally stabbed her brother in, in the neck. I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah. man. I know she, she shouldn't be put like, for prison forever because she's too young and stupid but fuck man
1: he should he should be in prison forever Mm -hmm.
3: yeah he should but he's possibility for pro in 25 years
2: which from them which is about yeah six years from now
3: yeah so 2008 is when he got that sentence so i mean i'm saying we've done canadian stories before i mean they're good people up there but fuck man they are you guys you guys let all kinds of people Yeah, Vince Lee up there chopping off heads in the Greyhound bus for shit's sake. Yeah. <laughs> so he got Ricky and Julian fucking theft under a thousand. Anyway, that's the story, man. I know it's sad, but the fucking sun.
2: Yeah. That was bad. God, yeah, yeah. that's awful. All
3: right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, go to talkmur.com. Please read my blog post. I put a lot of work into it. Share that motherfucker because I'm trying to get out there, trying to promote this podcast. My name is John. I'm here with Jen and Nicole. If you guys like this, go to TalkMore.com slash join. Become a Supremo Patreon. Hook us up with some money. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.
0: Maddie's believes nature is beautiful, majestic, serene. But human nature is inventive, intrepid, reckless. Nature says, look how many colors I can fit in a sunset. Human nature says, look how many hot wings I can fit in my mouth. But human nature needs nature. That's why there's Maddie's All Natural Acid and Indigestion Relief, a drug-free remedy for human nature, available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, and Amazon. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.